Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Food Integrity, Thriving Like a Guru. I'm Carol Gerbay, one of the hosts of this new podcast series. And I'm Dr. Rosie Kuhn. I'm the other host of this podcast series, Beyond Food Integrity, Thriving Like a Guru. Our intention is to support and empower you to, to thrive in your life. Carol's background in food integrity and education and mine in terms of transformational coaching, we hope to bring you a blended perspective on how to thrive. And just to let all my listeners know, I will still be hosting Food Integrity Now, interviewing great guests and experts to keep you up to date on the latest information regarding your health and wellness. We hope you really enjoy this new podcast series. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Rosie. How are you today? Good morning, Carol. I'm good. Why does that make you laugh? <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, just it's like, oh, hello. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> just... So before we get started, Rosie, how's your weather? <laughs> so local local weather report for for today. It's just getting to be so beautiful in the Pacific Northwest. And um and the wildflowers are really coming out. And ours are most of them are really teeny tiny, you know, and then they get bigger. And I but I saw your profile picture on on Facebook of just extraordinarily beautiful meadow of wildflowers. So um it's that time of year. And if you can get out, if I can get out, talk about thriving. It's just magnificent to to see these little tiny little tiny little bees that are coming out and are so beautiful well that photo that you mentioned i took that photo yesterday i i was kind of in a i'll use your word kind of a frumpy kind of mood and i thought i need i've been on the computer too long and i felt like i was out of balance so i went out and took a walk on our property so that photo is taken on our property and it was just so beautiful and my mood totally changed after sitting on the bench for 20 minutes doing some breathing and meditating and so our weather is is getting really nice and sunny and we're getting to the really good stuff now which really good stuff which i love you're you're a grower and a farmer so there's a lot of growing and and yeah and uh, a lot of work to do too. A lot of work. It's, to do. it's all worth it to have those beautiful organic vegetables. Yeah. That that I pick from my garden. So. Yep. And yep. it really helps me to thrive living this lifestyle. I think it's one of the key things that helps me thrive. So today, I thought it would be interesting to talk about. We always talk about things that can help us thrive. And I think it's important to discuss what gets in the way of our thriving or having that flourishing, wonderful, passionate, thriving lifestyle. Some of the main ones, let's just talk about those. So what do you see with your clients? Generally speaking, there's a sense of unworthiness Mm -hmm. or undeservingness. And I, I can say that for myself too, in a sense, sometimes some of this underlying stuff we don't even know is there. It's so pervasive that we have this sense of unworthiness or, un, and it may have come in past lives or somewhere else or 
with our growing up time, we sometimes we just have this pervasive unworthiness. I'm not, I'm not worthy of thriving. Look at all those poor people in, you know, just name the place or look at all those people who just went through a hurricane or an earthquake or whatever. Like, who am I to thrive? And that sense of shame, that sense of guilt, that sense of who am I to have something is it really can contribute to uh, a sense of not going to, I'm not going to do it because I other people can't. Right. I, I see that too. Yeah. The, the undeserving, who am I to have all of this when so-and-so is suffering over here? That's right. And it's it, sometimes when, uh, for example, like if somebody is sick and uh, I'll have a client and they feel really bad because let's say their mother is sick or somebody in their family and it's wonderful to have compassion for somebody and feel like you want to help if you can. But I think a lot of people uh, take it to the level of uh, feeling sorry for or um, they feel like they need to feel bad. And somehow their feeling bad is going to help that person. And it's it's just not true no amount of you feeling bad is going to help another person not feel bad so kind of like put your own oxygen mask on first yeah and uh, it's important to take care of yourself and and i'm going to bring this around to uh, you know talking about not feeling deserving there's the dilemma uh, and there's belief systems and of 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 my feeling bad will somehow make other people feel better in a sense. Um, And we know that doesn't work, you know, and if you ask the person, if you asked your mom or you asked that person who's sick, do you want me to feel bad for you? Like, would you like me to feel bad and guilty and depressed for you? And they'd go, hell no. Like that would be ridiculous. You know? So if we asked the person really and said, or the people who are starving or the people in, in these war, war torn or, um, you know, devastated by, natural disasters. If you say, Hey, would you like me to feel bad for you? And like really deplete my own energy? Would that make you feel better? And even those people are in really, really terrible, horrible situations. Most likely they're not going to, they're, they're going to say, I want you to thrive. When you're thriving, you're going to support and empower other people to thrive and the world will be a better place. Right. And that's, that's kind of the key thing that people do not get. Uh, I can relate it to an example. I did a lot of uh, parent life coaching when I worked at a school for troubled boys. And one of the things that I found for most of the parents was when their kids were acting out, using drugs and having this behavior that was um, not conducive to thriving, the parents felt well guilty, number one, but that's a whole nother subject but they felt like they couldn't enjoy their life. Like they somehow, and and I will say, especially moms have a tendency to think if their kids aren't perfect and doing well in all different areas of life, that it must somehow be their fault and they don't deserve to have a joyful life. Yes. So in, in my coaching with parents, 
I would talk about, you know, what are you going to do to have fun today? Oh, well, how can we have fun when this is going on? I said, there's nothing better you can do. That's right. You you are modeling enjoying your life. And yeah, they may not like it. They may, that may be a trigger for them. Like, how can they go enjoy their life while I'm going through all this stuff? But it's it's kind of opposite thinking. Yes. Than, than what you would think would be beneficial for the family. Yes. yes. But being that model and enjoying your life, that's that's the best you can do. Yes. I have two things to say about that. Okay. Um, one is when I was growing up and I was really pissed off at my parents, I was doing everything I could do to punish them. Um being with the wrong guy, making bad decisions, just being poor, whatever it is. But I was doing, I realized that I was doing what I was doing not to serve myself and to thrive, but to punish them. And at some point they were having a great life. They were down in Florida. They were visiting your, your mom and dad, or they were, you know, wherever they were doing, they were having a great life and I'm, I'm pissed off. But then I went, wow, I'm making all these decisions and making very poor choices or making choices that I'm making because I want to punish them. And it was like, that's really stupid because it's not working. Right. <laughs> They're having a great life. And yeah. uh, and so that's a, one of the turning points for me was because I was making choices not to thrive and made some really hard, 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 hard choices for me that affected my children because of that perspective. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. Like, you know, for our for both children and for parents, it's like, I can't, um, and this brings up the other, my other point, which is our, um, our thriving is never to the detriment of somebody else. Right. And that word, I, I actually, with my daughter, because I had made choices that I made that affected her in a, in a lot of ways. And even this is just a few years ago when I was reading this about you know, having a good life is not to the detriment of my children or anybody else. And I called my daughter and I said, Hey, if, if I'm having a great life and I'm living really great and happy, do you feel like that's a detriment to you? I, I asked her directly because she had a lot of reasons to resent and be bitter. And she went hell no, mom, I want you to be happy. Right. You know, if you're not, that's to the detriment. If you're doing stuff other than being happy and thriving for yourself, that's to the detriment of me because now I feel bad and responsible in a sense. And, and so hell no, you know, have all the fun you're willing to have. Yeah. And that's, what's going to grow our, that, and that was the beginning in the sense of growing our, my relationship with her was letting go of, Oh, I needed to be sad and unhappy and, and a pathetic life because I made choices that affected her the way it did. Right. That's that's very, very uh, useful information because I'm, I'm sure many of our listeners haven't um, had all perfectly, you know, great experiences being a parent. And I know growing up, I had a very similar thing as you did. I, I never really looked at it for many years as I was really trying to punish my parents, but I was. I ran away from home. I kind of had was anti-capitalism. You know, I didn't I didn't care about money uh, to the point of not caring about my needs enough. And, you know, 
hitchhiking across the country, which was kind of cool in a way, but my parents did not like it. It was a different era back then than it is now too. But I, I, I never thought about it that way, but I really, my intention was to be so different. I was so angry with them that I wanted to be totally opposite, I thought. But really what I was doing was punishing them. And it certainly didn't lead me to a life where I was thriving during That's that right. time. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so th this is just one area uh, of our lives that got in the way of us creating joy and passion and all those things when yeah. we were younger. Yeah. And I, and it's still, in, it can still influence us. Yeah. I, I think it's a really good thing to look at to say, okay, so what's in the way of my thriving? And if my intentions are to remain a victim to the world or, you know, I, I live alone people who live alone aren't happy. Like there's, there's these mm -hmm. themes in life. It's like being, being alone and being um, in their seventies. It's like, Oh, that means life isn't good. Life isn't happy. You're going to struggle. And especially if you're alone, how can you be? And, and that kind of stuff wears on our ability to thrive. So our, our belief systems, it's really important to look at that and go, am I letting other people's thoughts about my age or my gender or my whatever get in the way of me being happy and thriving in my life it's really a great question to ask ourselves or where am I getting in my own way because I'm listening to other people or I've had this thought in my head that it's supposed to be this way or that way another thing that I think really can get in the way absolutely gets in the way of thriving is uh fear of survival Yes. And fear of survival, Excellent. fear of survival is uh, that you fear that you're, it may be, you may be making it about money. You may be making it about all kinds of different things. But when you get to the core of, from my perspective, of fear of survival, you may find that you have a fear of just being you without the, without the acceptance of your family and your friends. Beautiful. Somebody may not approve of me. So we create, we create this uh, fear of survival. And I'll use money as an example. It could show up in a way of, you know, there are people who have fear of survival who have a lot of money because they fear they they can't hold on to their money. There are people who have fear of survival that they don't have enough money. So they're constantly coming from that place of lack or yes. poverty, what I call poverty consciousness. And I went through a period of time in my younger days where I absolutely had that. And it does it didn't make for a thriving lifestyle at all. Because I was constantly trying, trying to get out of this poverty mode, but I had poverty mentality. And so I was just kind of spinning my wheels. That's right. And yeah, when, yeah, I, yeah. when I shifted, when I healed that fear of survival and decided to allow myself to just be me, 
without needing the acceptance of everybody around me. Now, I am not saying I do this 100% because I don't, but right. I do, I've gotten really better at this. And it, it can be really difficult, especially with your family. Absolutely. Especially with, well, come, we're both from big families where I feel like there's was always a little bit of competition going on. A lot of competition. And uh, I see it. I see it in some of my family members still. And sometimes when I, I notice I may have a pattern that I I notice, oh, you you wanted so-and-so's approval then with that response. But I'm noticing it now more and countering it and just going back to, well, what does it really matter? It doesn't lead to thriving when I'm worried about what my brother or my sister think about me or my choices. Yeah, yeah. So that is something that, you know, can really get in the way. Let's talk about guilt. That well, is like the nail in the coffin, okay. I think. Before we go there, let's go back to lack. I want to okay. talk about just finish up with lack because um, lack is part of our fear-based orientation. Like it's really difficult for people to go. And this is one of those elements of like, I lack worth. I lack deserving. I lack uh, money. I lack uh, survival. I lack partners. I lack people. So the whole element that we lack means that we can't th thrive. I mean, in terms of our context of thriving, we go, oh, I have it all. I have it all. I have the money. I have the house. I have the kids. I have the dogs. I have the family. Everybody's happy. And we think that if we have it all, that's when I'm going to thrive. As opposed to, you know, some of the people who live the most simplest lives without the money and the stuff, they're thriving because their soul and their spirit and their heart and their their whole essence of being is, 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 is available and it doesn't have anything to do with the amount of money or the amount of even health or the amount of wealth, or the amount of anything. It has to do with the quality of being in ourselves. So when, when we can go, Oh, I'm coming from a, a place of lack around this element, we can go, well, that's good to see. And I can choose to see this different. So for instance, you going out, not having, you know, feeling a little low and glumpy yesterday. And it's like, I'm just going to go outside. And you're just in this beautiful world of natural expression, the essence of creativity, wildflowers, color, vibrancy, and, and your soul is uplifted. And so where we, where we can see the upliftedness in life, I have three little aquariums in my in my house and every time i see a little fish go by it's uplifting so it's it's not a big thing but all those little uplifting is i'm aware of that level of that versus saying oh i, I got you know lack 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 you know just a hundred different the things i can say about of where i lack or how i lack or why i'm not enough so that's what i think i just wanted to put the period on the end of that where if we're listening for oh i can't thrive because you can look at all the, the the perspective of lack and go, oh yeah, that's just not true. That's just not true. We can we can thrive, and still be, you know, um, not make be having the money or living alone or whatever that is that we're thinking is going to stop me from thriving. I I need a house, then I'll thrive. It's like yeah, no, I've been living in my little tiny house for almost twenty years and I'm thriving. Right. So giving up those things. So. 
Sorry. So well, that's okay. So what I noticed about yesterday about myself when I was feeling just kind of off and kind of crappy, I realized just as you were talking there, there it wasn't like a food-related issue. You know, we, we did a show last week on food and mood. It just felt just, I, I, I don't know. I just couldn't pin pinpoint what it was. But then I realized it was just, I was out of balance. I had been indoors on a beautiful day, working at the computer for too long. And everybody knows that zoned out feeling you can get from being on the computer. And, and, and plus I know, you know, about the EMFs and, and, you know, some of the mood altering things that radiation can do to you and you know we're bombarded by it but yes. if we we can we can live in this world with that and be in balance so for me it is taking breaks and i took i took a half hour break and went out and nature is the most healing place for me and for many people and so in order for me to come back to that thriving mindset, I had to get back into balance. Yes. So it's not as complicated as we want to make it sometimes. That's you know, right. It's just, it was, I shifted my mood. It wasn't, it wasn't that I was depressed about anything in particular. I just was out of balance and I got back into balance. That's cool. And just one one little tool for people who work on the computer a lot, it's been suggested, and I agree, that you take a, if you sit in front of a computer all day, take a break every hour for at least five minutes. And if you can step outside, even if you're working in an office building or something, just step outside for a minute. And then if you want to bring with you, like, uh, for example, I love the smell of jasmine. So maybe oh. you don't have a garden there with the smell of flowers. So I buy some uh, essential oil jasmine and I just go outside and I breathe in that jasmine and it just grounds me. It's transportive. And, and yeah. it's, it's beautiful, but it's a, just a tool for people. I'm not saying it's bad that you're on the computer all day, but be in balance with it. Yeah. Because if you're not, you will not feel like you have that thriving mentality, which is what what we're the show's all about, which is yeah. what we want. Yeah, where you mentioned earlier about lifestyle, and you know, our both of us live in sort of in the rural worlds, mm-hmm. and uh, we know that that lifestyle and the simplicity of that is it, it, uh, generates more thriving. You know, it generates more capacity to thrive, even though. Thriving is actually all in our heads, you know, in a sense that we make it what we want by by saying, oh, I only live in a trailer and I only live here and I live alone and I don't eat enough and I don't have enough and all that. That's in my mind. I make all that stuff up or my parents were or my sister, all that stuff. We're just making that up. Those are just ideas. And and we make up ideas. Those are stories. They're stories. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where you are. But it is good to know, for instance, my daughter right now, she's she's been living in downtown. Uh, the city that she lives in is downtown. And and she kind of thrives in that in that environment. Right. 
and and it's good to know that she because I go oh you know you should be in nature you know my my orientation my what what where I thrive and she thrives in a different world and it's really just good to acknowledge that and also to acknowledge like you know I really uh for those people who live in more urban areas and go yeah no I thrive when I'm in the woods or on a hike or those kinds of things but right now I need to live here because some people can't necessarily make those lifestyle changes yet right but to know I thrive in nature or I thrive in, you know, the city, I thrive when I'm in the restaurants, I'm thriving in those environments. It's really wonderful to know where, where your happy places are. Right. And perhaps to get to the place where you thrive in any environment. Oh, that's good, Carol. So really just good. in any environment. I just got back from uh, Dallas and uh, I went to visit a family member, and she lives in a high-rise, a beautiful high-rise, right in the city, downtown. And so I left my my comfort zone of the farm and stepped into that world. And, you know, I noticed I was, I was somewhat uncomfortable with it. And it was just so different than what I'm used to with the the traffic and the noise and I've lived in a city, but it, it's been a while. And so I was thinking about it and I thought, okay, so I can be thinking about, oh my God, I would hate to live in a high rise or blah, blah, blah. Or a shift for me in my mindset would be, I am so grateful for where I have chosen to live right now at this point in time in my life mm -hmm. versus I don't want that. Instead, it's I'm happy for what I have. Beautiful. So that was that was really something I had to because I started to go there and I went, no. But my point to this is she's thriving there. Yes. And that's her world. And that and to put her in my world, she I don't think she'd enjoy it right. at all. So right. we're all so different. So yeah. so we can thrive whatever, you know, we get to choose what what lifestyle that we want, as long as it just, you know, feeds your soul and you're doing what you love. But like I said, the goal would be or is to just thrive no matter where you are. Yep, yep, yep. I love that. Yeah, I, love I that. do too. It's it's kind of like, can you be yourself without the approval of anybody else, no matter what situation you're in? And that brings up the big G word that you were going to mention earlier, guilt. Guilt. Yeah, guilt is, uh, well, growing up Catholic, we... we know a lot about guilt uh, yeah I think I think guilt is something I used a lot because I I did things and then I'd feel guilty about it so then it would be okay because I felt guilty about it the guilt and, is the dispensation if you will yeah it is it is and, and plus we we had confession to go to so. <laughs> and so uh you know <laughs> we were taught we could kind of do stuff and then 
go go tell somebody about it and it'd be gone. Yeah, say I'm sorry and then yeah. go do it again. Yeah, yeah. Which not a good, I never not a good I model. never I never took that confession too seriously. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. yeah. So what's your experience of uh Gil? Well I think it it again it comes down to seeing how my um where perhaps where I've made mistakes, but we call them failures or where I'm uh, unworthy and, um, and I'm carrying the guilt of my mistakes. And when you carry the guilt, you can't heal your guilt. And for me, guilt has come to a place. And in, in when I really ask a person like, what's guilt do for you? Generally speaking, they will inevitably come down to guilt doesn't do anything for me. And, and if you get to the point where you realize guilt isn't doing anything for you, then you're, you're go, now you're at choice to go, yeah, that doesn't serve me. Yeah. In fact, a lot of people will use guilt, use guilt. I got that in air quotes, but if you look at it, what, what does guilt do for you? It's like, oh, it allows me to, and then just fill in the blank of what it does in terms of creating more patterns of acting and behaving and perhaps eating or drinking or whatever it is. And then you feel get to feel guilty about that. It's a it's a cycle in a sense. And for me, it's a an addictive cycle, a cycle of addiction. We're, yeah. getting, we're addicted to 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 guilt, yeah. as we are, are to you know uh, anger or shame or worry or lots of different things. I saw a lot of guilt when I was uh, doing the parent life coaching. Uh, that is an area where. Parents can just hold on to that guilt. You know, I didn't do this. I, I wasn't the best parent. I, you know, I I should have done this. And as long as they hold on to that guilt, it does not create a thriving mentality at all. That's right. It's just, That's right. It, you know, guilt, guilt and forgiveness kind of go hand in hand too. Yeah. And so the bottom line is we... I don't know any perfect parents, whatever that means. Uh, we did the best we could with what we knew. Would I be a different parent now than I was when I was in my 20s? Absolutely, because my consciousness is different. Yes. So my awareness is different. And I pretty much, when I think about it, I was kind of doing what my parents did Yes. Uh, at some level. Maybe not quite as, you know, a little bit different, but that's what I was doing because that's all I knew. So I that's did right. the best I could with what that's I right. knew. That's so, right. you know, but say, saying that, and I, I would hear parents say that, they'd say, oh, I did the best I could with what I knew, but yet they were still holding on to the guilt. And the reason I think that they were still holding on to that guilt is because that was like a mental concept. I did the best I could with what I knew. And they weren't really believing it. They just heard that yeah. somewhere. So they weren't taking yeah. that, it, you know, that's for other people. That's not for me because I haven't forgiven myself yet. It didn't. I love the word exonerate. Yeah. It didn't exonerate them in, in a sense allow them uh, uh, forgive to forgive themselves and in that forgiveness of letting it all go, letting go of the ju judgments, letting go of all the whole even conversation. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has worked so well for me personally, but also with my clients is to say, what is it that you get by remaining unforgiving? Right. 
And so as uh, um, asking a parent of that, in a sense, to ask one of those parents to say, what do you what do you get by holding on to that unforgiveness of yourself? They will have a, 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 an orientation or a sense of here's what I get by by not forgiving myself. And um, it's really good to ask those kinds of questions of ourselves. What do I get by remaining unforgiving of another person or of myself? It's like, I get to look at what I get by remaining unforgiving. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And when I, when I look at that, I go, oh, if I gave up, if I, if I let go of my, uh, if I, if my, it's just a reframing of saying I'm remaining unforgiving as a choice. It's like, right. well, what do I get out of that? Well, I get to be right and I get to be right and I get to be right <laughs> because a lot of what we want is to to have a sense of righteousness or rightness because then I feel more in control. If I don't right. forgive myself, then I'm, I think I'm not going to make the same mistake. It doesn't right. work that way because we're always making the same mistakes until we really let, really look at this stuff. Right. Um, but that sense of what do I get by remaining unforgiving? It's a great question. I love that question. Yeah. And it really changed my orientation because so many people have, I just finished this thought, uh, people have a hard time going, oh, I want to forgive that person. It's like, oh, if I forgive them, and then there's another context. So I go, well, what do you get by remaining unforgiving? Yeah. And that opens up the the, tr the truth under underneath that whole conversation. Right. Well, there are several more areas we could discuss, but we're almost out of time here. So... I just think well, what are what are the topics what what are the topics of those areas just so that we can like what else will we we talk about about this what what are the things that are coming up for you in terms of what else gets in the way of thriving lack of self love there are so many people that don't know what they love doing or That's they're not willing to take a look at why they're here and what they're passionate about you lovely. know your purpose. Yeah. So we can do uh, have a discussion about purpose, which I think would be beautiful because I certainly didn't know mine for many years. Mm -hmm. And when I figured it out, it changed everything. So um, yeah. let's do and, that next time we get together. Okay. And one other thing I, I want to mention in terms of what gets in our way of thriving is we sometimes want to be loyal to parents or spouses or partners or the, the sense of loyalty like I can't be me and be loyal to somebody else I can't thrive in the way that I want to thrive and be loyal to so loyalty is a, a really interesting conversation yeah that that is interesting and I think that is so true but one thing that I will say to my my clients this is never about making your parents wrong they nope. made they made the best choices they could with from what they knew. So um, right. anyway, I just would like to end with that. And okay. it's been an interesting conversation and I look forward to our next one. Me too. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Bye.